I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> What's going on, Star Wars Clone Wars fans? We're back with another after show for season seven, episode two of the Clone Wars, a distant echo, 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 echo. I'm Ryan Nelson, senior producer of Popcorn Talk and host of Star Wars News. I'm joined by, folks, she's an author, a screenwriter, and the host of the Outlander After Show, and a massive Star Wars fan. We cover the Ahsoka Tanu novel together. She is Rachel Goodman. Hey, everybody. Ryan, you forgot Sith. Sith. <laughs> <laughs> she is a Sith. And the Force is strong with her as oh, well. Oh, very much so, which is why I am very excited to talk about Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot. There's a lot of fun things to talk about this episode. Um, a Distant Echo, which, yeah, we did get more Anakin Skywalker. Just have that lightsaber come right down there. <laughs> yeah. um, what what a fun episode! A great follow up to the the premiere of season seven. We got so much more to talk about with this episode. Like you thought episode one was good. Two, holy cow, y'all! We're gonna be talking about Anakin's long luscious hair and that FaceTime <laughs> with Padme. Oh my gosh! More instances with the Bad Batch. Obi Wan a little curious what he's doing with Padme and Echo. He's alive, or is he? We're talking about it right now. Rachel, overall thoughts on this episode of Clone Wars? That FaceTime moment. <laughs> My first thought, okay, this is the number one thing I want to talk about. So when yeah. Obi-Wan walks up and he's like, oh, tell, you, you at least told Padme I said hello. And, and we got pre-Darth Vader Anakin just like giving Obi-Wan the, the, the death stare. Yeah. That was, that was, he was eyeballing him. It that was, was like dark was side mess. coming out. Don't mess, man. He's like, Master, don't don't bring that up. Yeah, I mean, I thought that there were some great character moments like that this episode. And I think that's my my big overall thought is season seven, it's in full effect. And we're getting some awesome character beats. Maybe this episode isn't a majorly pertaining to the overall series, but it's a cool continuation of this Bad Batch storyline. And I'm loving everything we're getting with Rex and Echo. I think that's really fascinating what's going on with all that. And we're, so we're going to be talking about that all right now. First thing up top, Rex wants to go after his friend. And this isn't a mission that they have had cleared, but he's in full effect. And I think some people are worried about his personal feelings getting in the way, blinding him about what the actual mission is. But no, he has this, this idea that, wow, he might actually be alive. Echo might actually be alive. He's seen so many of his brothers die face down in the mud the fact that he can <laughs> save one he's following that what did you think of that for rex's character so i think one the lesson of this episode the search for truth begins with belief the fact that rex would stick with his beliefs and go after his friend they don't know like we said in episode one we they don't know if this is a trick there's been or is some, it a trap yes Sorry. and they even said it's a trap well they did. not really like that right. but you know <laughs> Um, but it's just this idea of, are they being tricked? Is the algorithm being used to predict their moves by tricking them and sending them to Skako Minor um, just that they're going to get captured? Right. So it's having this blind leap of faith and trusting your you know instincts, trusting the Force. Trusting the Force. Yeah, and just going with what your intuition tells you. And I absolutely loved that Rex did not give up on his friend or this mission. Right, and I think... I think we've seen it play out a few times, especially with Anakin Skywalker, which 
every character he interacts with in the series, he starts to rub off on a little. The, the big thing with Anakin is he, he's too close to his emotions. He follows his gut too much. He doesn't think with his head enough. That's actually what makes him such a great character, though, and that's what makes him Anakin Skywalker. And I think, you know, we saw that rubbing off on Ahsoka Tanu, and now we see it really rubbing off with Captain Rex. I mean, the fact that he just immediately forget everything, put this mission on hold, we need to go get Echo. I think... I'm happy he followed his gut. I think the initial reasoning, though, wasn't the correct one. I think if his reasoning behind, we need to go see Echo because they're going to be, they're probably taking something from his mind. They're getting our our battle tactics, our maneuvers from him, and that's the initial reason. Yeah, sign me up. But if it's just a simple rescue mission, you're putting a lot of people's lives in jeopardy with going through that. And I think that is the one, the one like kernel of criticism I'd have towards Rex, but in the end of the day, it was a personal decision. He's got to go after his friend. Um, really interesting stuff, and before they even get the okay from Obi-Wan, they go to that scene you were just talking about. He's like, Rex, we have that thing to do, and I thought Anakin was at first just like, hey, let's just get out of this conversation with the Bad Batch guy. I didn't know he was actually referring to, I need to make oh, a call. And they have I a knew. cool report. You knew? <laughs> oh my god, they go into that ship, he hands them the, I guess it's like a, a FaceTime device. Wow. Because it was a holocron. A holocron, yeah. right, right. Everything about it, so special. I mean, just the fact that they're that tight. He can trust Rex with not reporting that to anyone and him just, like, keeping watch. What did you think of this scene? Oh. I love that Padme is his voice, is Anakin's voice of reason, and, you know, obviously we know that this is part of why he goes down such a dark path when he no longer has easy access to her, mm. number one, but number two, um, the worst thing that could have happened to him happened, which is that Obi-Wan happens to walk up looking for him, and Obi-Wan knows, and I, I loved how that scene played out, I loved how the cat is out of the bag, it was In already, yeah. I don't was, think I don't think it's fully out of the bag. I'd argue that, but can you keep continuing? I Sorry. think Obi-Wan knew more than what he ever let on, and I think that, you know, I mean, I know we get, like, a level of surprise from him eventually, but I think that he always sensed it. You know, I think I think he senses something. I just think Obi-Wan is so pure-hearted, he's probably thinking the quote-unquote best for Anakin. I think he knows something's up, but I don't think he realizes, oh, they're married, and this has been going on for a number of years. <laughs> I don't think he knows that. on the way. Right, and they have a child on the way, which no one knows yet. We find that out in episode three, but you saw a little baby bump. Now, you saw a tiny little baby bump on Padme's chest in that FaceTime. Yeah. That yeah. was a great little detail. It was a wonderful detail. The other thing I want to point out, and I'm I'm in a lot of Star Wars Facebook groups, especially <laughs> uh, I'm a Raylo. Sorry, everybody. Oh. I know that's such a polarizing thing to but say. But why is that? So the Raylo connection. The Raylo connection, and this is what everyone has been posting in the groups I'm in, is when we see the holocron of Padme holding out her hand, they and we this. see, and they touch. Oh. That is exactly what TLJ did with Ray. And Kylo Ren. And it was a different version of a quote-unquote FaceTime. And, you know, different. Like, you know, different. obviously this is Holocron and Anakin. Different, yeah. That was Force. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is that Padme's hairstyle matches Rey, too. And it's just... The imagery. Yeah, yeah. The same kind of, like, double bun thing that Rey wow. always does. Yeah. That's a great little detail. Yeah. I think that's what's just so great about this season so far. They are 
all out connecting to the universe. They are not no longer doing their own thing. They feel comfortable to do their own thing while also inhabiting this greater world and connecting and referencing the other movies. I just think is so awesome. That scene was great. Yeah. And, and yeah, like you said, Obi Wan saying, "Hey." Tell, I hope you told Padme I said hi. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, that's a little bit of a, hey, man, check yourself, because I know what's going on. I'm loving lines of dialogue about that. And that's the only, that was the only appearance we got of Obi-Wan, but it just was amazing. Yeah. He had two lines of dialogue, perfect. And now we're on to the mission. Absolutely love it. So they're on the mission now, and Anakin has joined the Bad Batch with Rex and Cody, and they're going to go get Echo. And I thought that this was a really fascinating scene because, you know, the first episode was just the Bad Batch interacting with the uh, quote-unquote regs, the clones. And now we have a Jedi Knight in the mix. Uh, there was still some some brush-ups. At one point, Wrecker picks up Rex and is like, you're putting us in danger. And Anakin has to pull him aside and give him that talk. What did you think of the advice Anakin gave him? Um, I, I loved... First of all, the dynamic between the regs and the Bad Batch, how it carried over from episode one, was interesting. I thought it was actually quite hilarious when Rex, um, I think it was, I think it was Wrecker, either Wrecker or Hunt, I think it was Wrecker, who said, pick on someone not your own size, (laughs) and it was like, okay, that's a play on that. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious, but um, uh, it's just interesting for me seeing Anakin being so um, rational, not that, I mean, this feels very characteristic for him right now, but Mm. I just, um, I keep seeing the future, right? and I keep seeing the moment when we no longer see this from him and how how much of a peacekeeper Anakin is right now and how that changes and how he goes down this dark path but for now it's just the fact that like I see so much of um, when I think of Luke, I mm. see Luke and Anakin as being so similar. Great. Yeah, and they have great advice. I, I think that, that makes a lot of sense because, like you said earlier, uh, before they go on this mission, he talks to Padme. Padme gives him that advice, like, you have to be there for your friend. You have to, he'd be there for you, so stand by his side. And I don't know if he necessarily would have given that advice if he hadn't just spoken to Padme um, a few hours earlier. So I, I think that's the difference between where, where he ultimately goes, where he doesn't get that access to Padme and get that that great advice. The uh, one detail I loved was when they were on the ship before crashing, before the, or before landing, uh, you saw Wrecker one arm lifting the gonk droid. Oh my gosh, just getting his reps in. That's what I want to lift. I mean, that, that was awesome. Just a great detail of, man, this guy... He's really strong. Yeah. Uh, but they they land on this on it's Skeko Minor and there's just a fog, like a yellow fog, and they and there's dragons. A, dragons. There's a quick line, I think, that the people that inhabit this planet they they look up to those beasts, flying beasts, and Anakin is immediately grabbed and flown away by one of them, and we had this badass scene where Hunter catapults himself onto the dragon and is just right after him, which reminded me a lot of Mandalorian in the finale there yeah. when he's on the TIE fighter. I mean, what did you think of those instincts just immediately like going from that right to, uh, to getting Anakin? There's no fear with these guys. Zero. He's just like, yep, I'm going. And then it just it was hilarious because as they're going around this rough terrain and they've got the peaks, the dude was just kind of bouncing off like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, he, yeah, because strategically he was kind of stepping off of them. But I th- I think he felt, oh, I'm going to get hurt if I don't 
jump off right now. Yeah. And that's ultimately why he jumped off. And then he knew, like, he suddenly went from trying to rescue Anison, uh, Anison, Anakin to reconnaissance. Yeah. And I love how quickly the crew, you know, stepped in and were able to stop whatever was going to happen to Anakin. But once again, we have Tech as C-3PO saving the day oh, and translating. How awesome was that? Yeah. I mean, yet the whole entire squad goes over and they're sticking to their plan of no violence, no casualties. We're just going to disarm. And after everyone's disarmed, he had that awesome thing on his goggles that was like live translating everything that Rex was saying. And then he put it in their language. I thought that was so cool. We've yeah. never seen anything like that in Star Wars other than the protocol droids just doing it internally. But that was like a great little visual translator. I thought that was terrific, like really brilliant. Yeah, and and just the like watching them all, especially Anakin, handle it very diplomatically. Yeah, and explain, no, 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 we're not. We did not bring this war here. Um, it was not us. It was Wat Tambor. Oh my gosh, Wat Tambor. So another separatist. This is the green guy who, I th- if you watch Attack of the Clones, he goes, woo, 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 but he has a translator internally um in the clone wars yeah and he is the the ultimate big separatist that we kind of learn uh trench is working for and you're in tangent with and you know i I don't think wat tambor is as clued in to what's going on with echo that we may think because at first he's like they're not going to go to this planet it's uh it's neutral they're not involved and that's interesting because we were both wondering about that neutrality that they mentioned and I went and I looked at the Wikipedia and Mm. it's there that there was some kind of neutral act it it made me think that um, uh, Skako Minor is more of like the Switzerland if Mm. we were talking about you know World War 1 or World War 2 where there's just you know an unspoken ceasefire and the people that is a very it's a neutral planet where people right. don't um, actively engage. Yeah, and uh, it's a great parallel to just things that actually happen yeah. in, in real war. And I think that's what's been so great about the Clone Wars. The details really do feel realistic. And it's just something that uh, I think we're really fortunate to see in Star Wars because we didn't get to see much of that in the movies. And they're just really leaning into it with this TV show. Uh, one thing that we were kind of talking about throughout the entire these past two episodes is the humor is great. And I don't think the humor always worked with a lot of the earlier episodes and even earlier seasons. It, um, I feel like it was kind of battling that 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 tightrope fine line of is this for adults? Is this for kids? Do, should we just stick to a family humor? There were some great just universal humor moments in this episode, especially when they get to that tower and they're like, all right, remember, it's just stealth. And then they open the door <laughs> and immediately start guns blazing. They... I knew. I could feel it in my bones. The minute that Anakin said, this is a stealth mission, okay, which one of these Bad Batch people or the clones are going to go exactly against that? Right. And I was not surprised. I was like, nope, yeah, yeah. thank you. And exactly. Like, yeah. Rickard's like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I was like, oh, my God. It the was best. very, it played very very, very... Comedically. Yeah, yeah, comedically. And, like, also, even if it hadn't been funny, the, it, the payoff was amazing. Totally. Yeah. Because it works for those characters. They, they are the bad batch. They're not always going to follow things according to plan, but that their the results are yeah. indisputable. So, you know, they get on there, and it's a really interesting scene where Anakin's like, we got to split up, um, search for Echo in different, in different quadrants, and they learn that the signal that they're after for Echo 
they can only follow it when Echo is relaying a message in some type of way. Whenever his feed is live, that's when they can follow it. So that for a time being, they don't really know where to go and they split up. And ultimately they find out it's in this one little single room and they, there's this awesome scene where they're all cornered and the fighting again, like the camera work is awesome. Like just you have Anakin force pushing some, all the clones going in and they're not cutting. They're just kind of following each action set piece. I thought that was so great. What did you think? I loved it. I loved that so much of this. Like one of the one of the amazing things is the continuity between not just Clone Wars but all the different movies and I loved when we finally get to Echo and we oh. see that he's in I'm calling it a cryo chamber they didn't call it that but I'm adding cryo to the word Add it. and I the first thing I said I even said this out loud was that it was it reminded me of you know the chamber that they eventually create and that we have yeah. the Mandalorians basically taking um, their bounties and putting them in these oh, little yeah. containers it almost, almost reminded like carbonite, me carbonite right yeah it almost reminded me of that obviously different but similar tech yeah right but he was the other thing too with Echo is that he was strapped up to all kinds of plugs. Oh, yeah. Which I'm really curious. Like, what did you think? Because, I mean, we find Echo and he is just, his mind's gone, but he's got every wire imaginable plugged into him and they have to take him, unplug him. Do you think he's clearly still alive? I'm, the first thought I had was that he needs to be hooked up to the machine. Right. Um, when they cut away, it looked like, that's it, they cut away and he was still hooked up, but it mm. sounded like they were going to try to get him out. I'm wondering if he can't, if he'll die once they unplug him. But also, uh, my concern is that we don't know exactly what they did to him. And he, Echo seemed to only, the last thing that he seemed to remember was being in the Citadel. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if there is now some kind of mind control. I'm really curious to see why Echo, like why Echo in particular, because I don't know why they haven't done this with other clones. But I, I know Echo was a bit of a higher ranking clone or he worked closely with Captain Rex and, and Cody. I'm just curious why him like that. That's the big thing for me. Well, my thought was that he was easy access and that once they had him, that they he had certain intel that they could use mm. also i'm wondering if they are if they had done this with other um clones that they had captured and yeah. that we just haven't really seen it i, I think it, it honestly might be the fact that he just worked so closely with rex and this is we only specifically seen them uh be successful in deterring the clones battle tactics with rex so for all we know it could be both they could be taking clones from um, multiple different armies or, or fronts and this one specifically with rex it, it, that's why it works so well yeah I'm, I'm curious to see why him and if we're gonna get that answered but also if he's if he's beyond saving which i'm not entirely sure uh, the episode ends on like a bit of a cliffhanger with him and uh tech just there kind of like consoling him and we know that the rest of the team is outside like fighting the droids so, I mean, I think we can get into, we're just going to get into a quick special segment, y'all, which is uh, our version of buy or sell. It's credits or fodder. 
<laughs> Rachel, what no. element of this episode are you going to spend your credits on, and what do you think is Bantha fodder? Oh, okay, well, if they end up killing Echo again and he doesn't survive, that's fodder. <laughs> <laughs> the credits, um, I would say I'm here for the holocron scenes with Padme, and oh. I want to see more with Anakin. That's really, like, where my Anakin and Obi-Wan, and, like, the, yeah, I'm, I'm here for them. I'm so buying that as well. I want more interactions just with that that prequel trilogy crew. Uh, I'm buying everything with Anakin in this episode. I, th- I think they've done a ton of awesome stuff with his character, and I'm buying everything with Rex. You know, he's been put in a ton of different unique situations, and I think this is yet again another one. Like, how far is he willing to go to rescue one of his 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 soldiers, his fellow men, especially one of his friends? Um, I am selling, and this is a small detail that actually really bothered me. Uh, right when they land on Skeko Minor... Anakin's like, so Rex, what do you know about this place? Like, why would you ask that (laughs) once you land and not before you get on the ship? Like, they were just getting there, and now you're asking. I feel like that's something pretty important, because he had an immediate answer. I'm like, I think you should have asked that before you even took off and then prepared for it, because you were totally caught off guard, and right after everyone gets out of the, the ship, he gets taken away. So... I am definitely, uh, I'm calling some Bantha fodder on that, <laughs> and I hope no. uh, I hope he's smarter moving forward. Yeah. But um, just a quick thing, we're about to end, uh, what are your predictions moving forward with this group? Your After Buzz TV predictions. Um, I'm going to predict that Echo is unintentionally bad now. Ooh. Yeah, and that he doesn't realize it, but that there's some kind of trigger, um, and that we're going to see, even if he survives, which I'm not. I feel kind of iffy about that, number one. But two, if he does survive being away from the machine, uh, I feel like there's going to be that this is part of the algorithm and that it was all part of the plan despite seeing Trench looking a little worried. I'm predicting that I think Echo is alive, but I think he is going to need to die again. I think Rex is going to need to grapple with that sacrifice and be okay with it to move forward. And that's something he, as a character, is just going to need to learn. What do y'all think? Please comment down below. We'll shout you out. Give us a review on iTunes. We will shout you out every week when you do that. And again, I'm Ryan Nelson. Rachel, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Rachel Goodman, or on my author Instagram account, at Rachel Radner author. You can also find me on The Outlander, Doctor Who, Stumptown, The Young and the Restless, and uh, the Narcos Mexico Season 2 panel. She's on everything, y'all. <laughs> you can find me every Thursday, 4 p.m. Popcorn Talk Network for Star Wars News with Steph Sapra on Twitter at Ryan Nilsson, N-I-L-S-E-N, and on Instagram at Ryan Nilsson underscore. Thank you so much. May the Force be with you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 